is the Bob Cordaro Show on WILK News Radio. We live in a political world. Great good morning, everyone. It is 9 a.m. in Northeastern Pennsylvania, Monday, May 15th, 2023. This is the Bob Cadaro Show, and I am he. Well, <laughs> where are we broadcasting from? Well, it is still the United States of America. No matter what they do to it, no matter what they've done, it's the place where the brave have made us free and kept us free. The United States, founded with a certain knowledge and understanding that government is not our parent, our guide, our salvation, not any of these things, but is nothing more than a necessary evil we require to organize society. The United States is the country where, for the first time in human history, freedom was declared to be an unalienable right granted by God. Not something to be parceled out or controlled by government or government officials. Our great American Constitution ensures and codifies freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association, economic freedom, and freedom of the press, whether they use it or not. And armed with these freedoms, a ragtag bunch of immigrants and rejects created the richest, most powerful, most culturally diverse and accepting nation and culture ever to grace this beautiful planet Earth. America, the only place specifically invented and designed so that every American can live their life in the manner they choose. Unlimited by their background, upbringing, race, color, or creed, unhindered by the government, or those who would use government to control others for their own comfort or benefit. This Bob Cadaro show will always be convincingly conservative, lovingly logical, proudly and passionately patriotic, and reliably Right. Yes, indeed. Well, if it's 9 a.m., I guess it is time to call the Club for Common Sense to order. I gavel it so with the gavel given me by the slabjacker. So the Club for Common Sense has convened for the day, and we will provide you a sanctuary of sanity for three hours each weekday. On appointment radio. The program brought to you by Pizza Bella Mountaintop, the home of the zero carb pizza crust. Now available at Pizza Mountaintop only. Pizza Bella Mountaintop only. Route 309 in Mountaintop. And a big weekend at the Marjon. Marjon Golf Course. It was gorgeous. The, the weather's going to be clear and very golfable all week this week as well. Get yourself to the Marjan. And uh, <laughs> it's not only the best bargain in golf, it's probably, it could be the best food in golf. And then Dunmore Lumber Company, 622 South Blakely Street in Dunmore, beat the big box blues. We're honoring some veterans today, veterans we lost. Chester Beggs of Nanticoke. Dennis Corcoran of Pittston Township. Thomas Igo of Taylor. Joseph Best of Old Forge. Robert Bird of Springbrook Township. 
Raymond Zingaretti of Bear Creek. Edward Sherrill, he of Plymouth. We lost these great veterans, and we're going to talk a little bit about them during the course of the program today, as we always try to do. It, it just can't be, they can't be forgotten. What they did can't be overlooked. What they did in service and what they did after service can't be forgotten. So I had a good weekend. Great weekend, actually. Uh, My brother Mike took me up. We were with the Milners, Al and son John, uh, to Glen Oak on Friday to golf. And the weather was perfect. The food was good, all that stuff. The the gang up there was fantastic. We had a blast. It was Glen Oak on Friday night. And Saturday night, because you do the... Now, Cutie, we went with Cutie's family and her mother down to Anthony's. And it was tremendous. It was really good. It always is. So we went to Anthony's Saturday night down in Old Forge. And then Sunday... The pleasure of going to Glenmara for the Sunday brunch for my own mother's Mother's Day celebration. It seems, it seems like you should do more, but you know maybe they, <laughs> maybe these mothers, you know they want to have their own day. They don't want to. They don't want you crowding around them. I don't know, but it was a great. Uh, it was a great weekend. I hope you had one too. I really do. And and let's have a great week. Let's. Determine now as we settle into our Monday to have a great week. Um, it's important that you try to. It's important that you keep focused on that. Mary Regina, right off the bat, she's on top of things today. St. Teresa for May 15th. She says, don't search for Jesus in far lands. He is not there. He is close to you. He is with you. Just keep the lamp burning, and you will always see him. Keep on filling the lamp with all these little drops of love, and you will see how sweet is the Lord you love. Mother Teresa for today. She does so many things, St. Teresa, and thanks to Mary Regina. So many things with what she sends along. And... It, just astonishing. What a, what an incredible woman. And obviously, she thought all of this through. It wasn't just creating acts that helped poor people. She thought about it. She thought about God. She prayed about it. She reflected upon it, and then she shared it with all of us. So that's a, that's a good way to start a Monday. By the way, I got a copy, and we're going to have him on. Uh, over for um, Memorial Day. And his name's Joseph Barna. And he sent me a copy of his book, God Makes Angels and Navy Corpsmen. He's a Korean War veteran, 93 years young. And uh, I've had the book and I've been going through it and it's fascinating. Quite an experience, and and quite a guy. 
I'm looking forward to you meeting and meeting him. By the way, did you see um, the Bob Cadaro show on TV? <clears throat> and and even if you did with Ernie Priate, and we had uh, Nate Gervais from uh, Congressman Muser's office. Even if you did see it, you've got to go to YouTube. Because we delve into with Ernie on an, uh, we call it BCTV Extra. And that's on YouTube only. And we delve into uh, some of the famous criminal cases over the decade or so Ernie Prate was district attorney in Lackawanna County. And it's uh, it's amazing. It's chilling. And brings back so many memories of names and headlines and fascinating, fascinating stuff. So the Bob Cadaro Show on TV on YouTube. I, I truly do urge you to do it. Not just because it's my show, because... Ernie Preet is a store at 82 and a half, as he says. I said, <laughs> I was thinking about it, and, uh, you know, you don't have, the, the TV is is sort of roughly timed, except for BCTV Extra. And my thought when Ernie said, I'm 82 and a half, Ernie Preet, I said, I'm thinking to myself, that's what we used to do when we were young. So you do it when you're like five. Well, I'm not just five. I'm five and a half. And I guess you do it when you're in your 80s and 90s. No, I'm 92 and a half. I'm 82 and a half, said Ernie. I got a big kick out of that. But he was at his uh, fiery, eloquent, and uh, storytelling best. You, you, you really do got to check it out. Uh, the YouTube version of the Bob Cadero show on TV. So that's two weeks in a row we did that. And it featured the documentarian who we're going to talk to today at 11 o'clock, Alexander Manelli, and the extended version of Roar, his great WVIA documentary about Southern Columbia football. And we extended it out to talk with he and Coach Roth. So if you go to YouTube to watch Ernie, you might as well watch Coach Roth and Al Manelli. It was really good. They, they, it was it was top shelf. So fun stuff, fun stuff. Must see TV. It really is. And uh, you know, today, let's talk about today on the radio. But I, I do urge you, YouTube, go YouTube it. And then, you know what I found, too? Because I was looking through YouTube. They have a, 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 a some of our old interviews are up on YouTube. I didn't put them up there. I don't know how they got there. It's, it's great. Some of the radio interviews are up there. The shooting in the shopping center of the Maryland suburb near Washington came just after Governor Wallace had addressed a generally friendly crowd. And he'd stepped down to shake hands. David Dick has the details. At a news conference at Holy Cross Hospital in Silver Springs, Maryland, Governor Wallace's condition is listed as serious, stable, and holding. He has internal bleeding, and there is some indication of paralysis. Five surgeons are working on the governor at this time, and one of the president's personal doctors, Dr. William Lukash, is standing by. Governor Wallace has been given a pint of blood because of internal bleeding. 
the governor is undergoing exploratory surgery because of possible spinal involvement. The Laurel Shopping Center, Laurel, Maryland. Ladies and gentlemen, the governor arriving for an outdoor rally, speaking from beneath the canopy, and that was unusual. Usually the governor speaks on an open truck bed. The 600-pound bulletproof podium was there. And Governor Wallace spoke to the relatively peaceful pro-Wallace crowd. This date, 1957, Chuck Berry recorded rock and roll music at Chess Studios in Chicago, and a true white supremacist. 1972, Alabama Governor George Wallace shot and left paralyzed campaigning for president in Laurel, Maryland. Now, <laughs> over the weekend, and I I heard tell and saw accounts of it, and they made me sick. But my friend Mark Mayer sends in these... You know, a lot of different things for me to look at, review, whatever. <sighs> Joe Biden was at Howard University. Now, that's a that's an African-American university in the Washington, D.C. area. And he, you, we know he's a sickening, disgusting panderer. We know that. He said the most dangerous th- terrorist threat, terrorist threat now. To our homeland is white supremacy. And then the equally sickening, but well, he can't be equally sickening. He's not, he, he's, he's got his own area of significant damage. By the way, I, I, you hate to get distracted. I'm looking at Carrie in my monitor, Lurch, the climate czar. He's talking about U.S. Uh, that farming, okay, that's how we eat. Farming has got to be dealt with because of greenhouse gas emissions. These people are sick. Do you see what they're talking about? As the borders wide open, as chaos reigns in our cities, As our educational standards have evaporated, as the red Chinese threaten us, as Ukrainians are getting slaughtered, this is what they talk about. Sick, twisted agendas that they're trying to impose upon us. It it is incredible. It's just incredible. They, you better know the Democrat Party does not care about you in any way, shape, or form. They care about your agenda, their agenda, and they will destroy you with the agenda. Now we're not going to, they don't want us to farm. And by the way, many of them who go another level in sick twistedness, they want population decline in this world. 
So it all comes of a piece. It gives them control. And if people can't eat around the world, it we're depopulated by definition. And then you go out to California, and all these things are directly related to a sick, twisted group of people who own the Democrat Party and are pushing this sick, twisted ideology. Reparations in California. Tagged to cost 800 and some billion dollars, three times, nearly three times the annual budget of the state for everything. And you know how they waste money. So that'll give you a concept of how much it is. And so <laughs> Gavin Newsom created a monster and he's turned a hundred billion dollar surplus into a what thirty one billion dollar deficit in one year. That's how bad. That's how bad. And by the way, I'm watching Donald Trump running another negative ad against Ron DeSantis. He may, he he is disturbing. He's an idiot. He's a total idiot. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Trumpers. He's an idiot. Our country's on the line, and he's attacking Republicans. Could, could you even? It, that is so stupid. It's off the charts stupid. This is why I don't want Donald Trump. And please don't forget what he did in our state election that helped give us John Fetterman and Governor Shapiro. Please don't forget what he did. Trump is stupid. And he's got to go away. I'm sorry, Trumpers. You don't run negative ads against an undeclared Republican candidate. That's how insecure he is. And that's how he's he's focused on himself. He doesn't it's not about the country, it's not about you. Don't don't believe it. Oh, in his best days, yeah. But this these negative ads capture the selfishness of Donald Trump. Uh, they enrage me every time I see them. So I told you David DeCosin was going to call, and we, we always love his stuff, and and it's it's he's our local historian without parallel. He's he's covered it all. He's seen it all. He's analyzed it all. And so there was a the murder of Richard Mark Leary. In Luzerne County. And his death led to one of the highest profile murder trials in the county's history. Because a well-known area boxer was the accused, Rocky Holiday. The DA was Patrick Toole. I, I really like Judge Toole. And then John Moses, another one of my favorites, was the leader of the defense team. So it had, you want to talk about all the ingredients. It certainly did, did it not, David? It did, uh, uh, Bob. It was, I, I think I could safely say it was our equivalent of the O.J. Simpson case. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually uh, began with uh, the murder of uh, Richard Leary of, of Kingston, whose body was found on this day 50 years ago. 
huh. by uh, uh, the Harry E. Colliery, which I believe was in uh, uh, Shavertown, somewhere somewhere in the in uh, in that area. And uh, it, it turns out we'll, we'll make this story a, a long story as short as possible. But it turns out that um, Leary's wife um, had a relationship with. Uh, Ronald Rocky Holiday. Now, now Holiday was a well-known professional boxer uh, in our area. As a matter of fact, he he went on to be the chief uh, sparring partner of uh, Dick Tiger and Emil uh, Griffith, oh, uh, both middleweight, mm-hmm. yeah, both middle middleweight champions of the world. Well, he had a relationship with uh, uh, Leary's uh, wife, and consequently, he was immediately tagged as a as the suspect in this uh, this shooting. And Rocky, uh, it was your stereotypical boxer. I mean, he looked like he had the nose that had been, uh, you know, flattened a number of times. It, it seemed as though he was, last time we talked about the term palooka, and it seemed like the term palooka uh, would have fit Rocky because he didn't, he, he didn't seem like he was the sharpest tack in, in the deck. Uh, but in any case... Um, uh, Leary was shot four times, a body found. Uh, Holiday was arrested, and the district attorney at the time was uh, Pat Toole and uh, had no doubt uh, that he had his man, although there were no eyewitnesses uh, to this murder. Uh, it was the relationship that sort of sparked uh, the interest of Rocky Holiday as a, as a defendant. And uh, Holiday gets himself a fairly fairly new attorney in our area, at the time, and that was attorney John Moses, the late John Moses. Uh, John was a, a good friend of mine, and uh, we lost the, John. Just, and, and one of the best defense attorneys in this area ever, really. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, uh, as as behooves any good attorney, somewhat of a showman. Oh, yeah. uh, when oh, he yeah. presented his case, but that was the, that was a a very big thing. Now, uh, Holiday was supposedly linked with uh, the theft of a weapon. Uh, the weapon was never found. Uh, he was supposedly in the particular hotel when the rep uh, when this particular weapon was taken, and the caliber of the weapon matched uh, the uh, caliber of the wounds on Leary's body. Uh, you know from uh, your background with law that it is extremely unusual for a murder defendant to uh, take the stand in his own defense. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you, it, it isn't that, that they don't want to tell their story. It's the fact that cross-examination uh, can really be tough and, and really uh, uh, fry a guy who, uh, who otherwise um, might have been okay just telling his own side of the story. But uh, Holiday took the stand in his own defense, and again, he wasn't the most eloquent guy in the world. <clears throat> Pardon me, but uh, I'll never forget. Uh, after extensive across extensive examination by Moses, uh, John asks uh, Holiday, "Did you kill Mark Leary?" And uh, the quote still lingers in my mind: "As God is my witness, I did not." Well, as it happens, Holiday was acquitted. Uh, of the charges, even though all the circumstantial evidence pointed his his way. As a matter of fact, typical question from a news person to the district attorney after an acquittal like that, well, now we, we don't have a murderer, so uh, where do you go now with a search for a killer? 
And uh, then District Attorney uh, Toole said, as far as we're concerned, we had our man. Uh, I don't know that there was any further investigation as to find out who did it if, in fact, uh, Holiday did not. Holiday then sort of disappeared into the into the background. Uh, he uh, continued to, to fight. Uh, never got much money for it. He, he went to France one time to uh, uh, fight over there, and it's the most he ever made. He made 2000 bucks for that particular fight. And the last I heard about him, I was, I was trying to find out you know, his status now in preparation for recalling this, uh, this sensational case back in, in the day. Uh, it was, of course, in, in uh, March of 74 that he was acquitted. But the last I could find on him was that he, had, uh, he was married. He lived, uh, had a daughter, lived in New Jersey, where he had a hot dog vending business. How <laughs> about that? And, yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it was, it was tremendous headlines at the time back in 74 when the trial was held. And uh, one of those uh, high-profile, and as I say, very, very... Uh, uh, like the O.J. Simpson case, where you have a, a prominent figure, in his case a boxing figure, and in the case of Simpson, of course, a sports figure, uh, acquitted of a crime like this. But all the attention of the media and the public was on that trial at the time. And I have to tell you that uh, if you were a betting man, you would have bet when that jury came back that uh, Rocky was headed for a, a, a death sentence. But nope. Acquitted, and uh, <laughs> as, as you know, that's uh, to paraphrase Paul Harvey. That's the end of the story. <laughs> Somebody's asking, isn't there a statue of Holiday in Luzerne? I don't know. Uh, he was he was admitted to the um, Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame. Um, so there may be a, a plaque or, or something with regard to that. And, of course, obviously that's totally based on his his uh, prize-fighting uh, background. Um, now, I, 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 I can't answer that. I, I don't know if there is or not. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, well, if anybody yeah. in Luzerne knows, check, check it out <laughs> and let us know where it is and all that. Rocky Holiday. Uh, well, I mean, he achieved um, great fame. Local fame as a boxer and regional fame as uh, someone who was acquitted of murder accusations, which which is rare. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So so if anyone remembers the case and happens to know something that was never brought out at the time, you know, if if there is in fact if if Tool was incorrect, if the jury was right, and 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 Holiday didn't do it, somebody did. Somebody did. Uh, and and who knows uh, what uh, what kind of information we were. I just did a piece with uh, Channel 16 on an unsolved crime, which is probably going to air either this week or not, I suspect. And uh, the particular crime in question happened in 1972. And I pointed out that it was just uh, a couple of months after the Agnes flood. And people were so preoccupied with getting back into their homes and getting their lives back in order that someone who may have seen something then, thinking it was absolutely nothing at all, may have forgotten an element that could have provided the answer to that case. Well, similarly in this case, Holiday, you know, maybe, maybe even that long ago, someone saw something in that area and for whatever reason never brought it up at the time, may have not seemed important. And yet a little tiny incident that somebody now recalls could actually 
uh, solve uh, solve a mystery. Uh, it's possible. David DeCosmo, he's he's becoming a crime stopper. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for relating this to us. I appreciate it always. And a uh, soup can tells me uh, that Rocky. Oh, it's Rocky. He. It's hard to how to figure out what the name is. There's there is a Rocky Costelcino or, or someone of that nature has a statue in Luzerne. That's who it is. Uh, uh, yeah, no, this, this was Ronald. Uh, Holiday's first real name was Ronald, so it was Ronald Rocky yeah, Holiday. Yeah, there's a sta- and then someone else texted him. There's a statue uh, of Rocky where the old Luzerne High School was on Bennett Street by the Municipal Building. Uh, Fascinating well, stuff. Uh, all right, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, and as always, I hope all your news is good. <laughs> David DeCoswell, always my great pleasure and honor. Uh, Have a good one. I look forward to hearing from you again. Okay, buddy. Take care now. Yeah, we're talking about some veterans that we've lost. Edward Sherrill, Plymouth, U.S. Army during the Korean War. He's a general contractor and two grandchildren. One a master sergeant and one a staff sergeant. Follow him into the military. Two grandchildren. Raymond Zigaretti, Bear Creek. Wife Nancy survives him. Born in the Keystone section of Plains back in 1933. U.S. Army and served during the Korean conflict in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Joined the family business when he came home, Heights Poultry Market in Wilkes-Barre. After that closed, he was a USDA, U.S. Department of Agriculture inspector, food inspector for 20 years. Robert Byrd, Springbrook Township. Graduated from Scranton Tech. He was in the 79th Division Army Reserve. He played the... The trombone. He was in railroad business. Started in the baggage room of Lackawanna Station. Became a railroad fireman, advanced to engineer. Worked for Erie and Conrail, the railroads, survived by his wife, Shirley, and children. Joe Best, Old Forge. United States Navy during the Korean War as a medic on the USS Wasp. He was in real estate sales and just a guy that so many people knew. Still many children around. Thomas Igo, Taylor. His wife, Helen, predeceased him. He was a veteran of World War II. He served 18 months in the U.S. Army. And then he went on to serve 20 years with the U.S. Navy. He retired from the old RCA Corp. Back in 88, he was a welder. And uh, I knew members of his family, including Jimmy Igo from the Igo Inn. My cousin now owns it. It's called The Patch. Dennis Corcoran of Pittston Township. U.S. Navy during the Cuban Missile Crisis. He was in computers early. By the way, volunteer fireman, I might mention. Early with Univac. Remember that company? 
And he retired as a warehouse supervisor up at Clark Summit State Hospital. His wife of 51 years, Patricia, survives him, along with children. And Chester begs of Nanticoke. He enlisted and served with the U.S. Army for three years. He served in Vietnam. Receiving the Vietnam Service Medal, among others. Discharged in June of 66. And then he was a prison guard at State Correction Institute in Dallas. He was a lieutenant. He retired after 33 and a half years. Chester Beggs. That's our veterans. And we, we pay tribute to them and their families today. Yes, so the boxer was Castellani. I looked it up, soup can, but you did too. Real Rocky. So it wasn't Rocky Holiday. It was Rocky Castellani. Castellani's a big name in boxing, of course. All right, let's go uh, quickly to Larry on Rocky Holiday, the aforementioned subject. Hey, what's up, my man? Bob? I got you, Larry. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were talking about it. Now, Bob, did you have the spelling? Was it Rocky Holiday or was it Rocky Holiday? Uh, I had I always, Holiday. I always, thought, I always thought it was Holiday. Okay, could have been. Could have been. Okay, because I, I remember that, though. But, and and uh, Rocky Castellani. Rocky Castellani fought uh, Sugar Ray Robinson 15 rounds. Wow. He was, he was a very good boxer. He didn't have much of a punch. But he's a real good boxer. And he was a, a veteran, a Marine, during World War II, on top oh. of that. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. But, but, but I used to, uh, me and my two buddies used to go always to the fights up at Scranton CYC. Yeah. They there was, I, saw two cha- I saw two championship fights up there. Do you remember a guy named Bob Foster? Sure. Okay, light heavyweight champ. Uh, well, he's six foot three, 174, but he could punch. And he fought. I remember the two fights. There were the two championship fights he fought up there. One was against a guy named Hal Carroll. He knocked him out in three. And then there was another guy they called, or his name was Tommy Hicks. They called him the fighting school yep. teacher. Yep, Tommy Hicks. You remember him? Oh yeah. Uh, he he had, he looked like Joe Paluca. They used to call him Joe Paluca. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about him, Bob, he he lost the fight, but he uh, what he could, Foster couldn't knock him down. I mean, he hit him with everything he had. He was one of the best ever. You remember Foster? He he then tried to fight heavyweight. I'm trying to remember the heavyweight uh, champion he fought. uh, Foster Foster jumped up, and there was no cruiserweight. Bob Bob Foster fought Ali and Fraser, and he lost both of them. He fought both, though. Fought both of them. But uh, uh, what the heck was I going to say? But do you remember? No, you don't remember. You weren't born yet. Bob, I got interested in fighting back in the 50s. Uh, there used to be on Friday nights. It used to be the Friday night fights Friday were on the air nights. with Don Dunphy. You remember Don Dunphy? <laughs> sure, I do. Yeah. And brought to you by Gillette. Oh Lord. And 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 just one more thing. Do you remember a guy? Now this, I mean, that, the forties and fifties were the time of the middleweights. There were so many, so many good middleweights around. It wasn't funny. But do you remember a guy uh, from uh, Ali fought from Canada? George Chavallo. Oh, sure. I remember Chavallo. Sure. Oh, okay. Well, George Chavallo, um, he fought Ali, and, and he lost. But he fought Ali. He fought Fraser. He fought Foreman. He fought Jerry Quarry, Oscar Bonavina. 
and he had 89 fights, Bob. Now, here's the thing that I don't get. Everybody's different, I guess. But you know, with football, you know, these guys get tapped in the head, and they go, oh, protocol, we got to take them for this and that. Bob, <laughs> nobody got hit in the head more than George Tavallo. Yeah. I mean, every fight, every fight. And I saw him... Oh, a couple years ago, there was a show on TV where they used to fix houses, and it was called Homes on Homes. The guy's name was Holmes. And they went to fix George Chavallo's house in Canada. And he's up there now, I mean, because he was fighting back in the early 60s. But, Bob, when when he talked to him, George Chavallo, he sounded like a scholar. (laughs) Honest to God. And that guy must have got hit with a million punches. That year I followed very closely with heavyweights because we had our own from Dunmore by the name of Jerry Tomasetti. I remember Jerry Jerry Tomasetti. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, God, yeah. And uh, he fought a guy from Italy, champion, yes. champion of Italy. I think Dante Kane is Dante Kane. Dante Kane. But, uh, uh, but, but we like, got to go, Larry. I, I let it. I, I had. I, I love this this uh, boxing talk, but uh, we're way over. I got to go to the oh, news. Okay, just Bob. Uh, Bob, I can name every heavyweight champ from John O'Sullivan on up. Well, we'll have to have you on to do that. Uh, and I can name the, where they won the fight, title fight, and everything. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Larry.